Hello and welcome to this episode of Navigating the Waters, where I'm delighted to be joined again by our fabulous host, Stephanie McKinney, who is also co-founder and CEO of River VC. Stephanie, welcome. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us as we're navigating the waters of what a startup does and how you can be a good investor and how to do your due diligence. So thank you again for joining us. Oh, no, I love being here because I'm learning so much. And today's episode I'm really excited about because I have to admit to being really confused. So there's so many, we're talking pay rounds today, aren't we? And you hear all these terms banded around like pre-seed, seed, series A, proof of concept. And you're like, is there a map somewhere that tells us which one comes where and how we work out where we are and where we should be going to so that we are setting ourselves up for success so I, I'm here notepad at the ready <laughs> to, um, to kind of find out from you a little bit more about them and, and how we navigate our way to finding the right one for us so I don't know where's best to start. Well to be fair there is a map but it's a guideline everyone's path is different everyone's path may have you know they may jump from C to series B it all depends but there is a very good structure that goes from pre-seed to seed to maybe some crowdfunding mixed in with your series A. So it's like, um, you know, everyone's path is different. Everyone's journey is different. Everyone's company is different, unique. And in doing so, you have different rounds. But typically, the round needs to be enough to get you to the next round. You need to do all the math. You need to do all the concepts of how can we make sure that we get everything done, everyone gets paid, and we still can be able to follow through to the next round. It's not about, okay, we need $500,000 to build this app. That's what we're going to raise. It's how can you stabilize your company until you get more funding? And a lot of people don't tend to think about it in that sense because they want to go back to building the concept, to building your minimal viable product, to actually working hands-on instead of doing a lot of fundraising, which is uh, sometimes you can pass it off to other people, but most of the time people wanna see your face and see who you are and what your company stands for. So it, it is a loose structure with your pre-seed being about $500,000, mostly from family and friends. You don't have your tangible product but there's so many things that you can do besides you know spending 50k on an app you can go out there and talk to people building your customer you know diagraphic can be instrumental in finding out who you need to target who you need to spend the money on who do you need to what questions do you need to ask them how can you make it better without it even being viable yet so your pre-seed is more to you know make your idea sound you can do a lot on pen and paper. You can do a lot on a whiteboard, making sure that it's it's alive, the bones are there, the structure is there. And getting, I really like people when they talk to their customers, when they know rather than speculate. Because if you can say, oh, this app will help all the people in, you know, medical care. Well, target, target specific. Because then if you can target specific, you can fundraise specific. You can find the VCs that are only backing medical or fintech or insurance you can find those people so i like when people have their customer really nitty-gritty i like that concept i like that idea um also your product your product doesn't need to be tangible 
but it needs to make sure that all the what happens if this happens, what happens if this, all the different paths that you can take is panned out. And that's why in your pre-seed, your family and friends are going to be the people that put money behind you because they know you, they know your idea, they know your track record, your mentality. You don't want to go ask VCs or angels just yet. You really want to make sure that this is going to be something tangible. I love that. So so it really is about almost um, checking your hypotheses. So, so going out and testing that with the people that you think are going to be the ones that would buy it. So so again, their, their feedback and um, and if I'm having done this for, for like big organizations, one of the things I used to recommend to people is don't just target the people that have said yes in the past, target the people that have said no, understand why they said no and what might need to change if you wanted to be able to appeal to that part of the market and really think about that, the customer problem and the customer journey so that you can actually really bring that to life because that is also really helpful. So I love I love your point around really getting to that um, to that nitty gritty uh, and also invaluable advice about thinking about how much money you need to get to the next round. So you've talked previously to us, haven't you, about uh, knowing what your burn rate is. Um, and, and I guess that's something that's really important when you're going through the funding is to be thinking about what your burn rate is and will be in between each of those series points. Would that be fair? Yeah, a lot of people want to see about 12 to 18 months where if you don't get any more funding after that point, you can still float the product, you can still have the team, you can still generate something. But um, being able to do your scientific method, you know, form the hypothesis, ask the questions, really make sure all the variables are lined up is what your pre-seed is for. Perfect. Because it it is that... um... I guess helping shape that minimum viable product, isn't it? Because you want to make sure that you are um, creating something that is going to allow you to test whether or not it did or didn't do what you thought it was going to. So testing that idea before, to your point, not rushing straight in to go, I'm like, I'm going to spend 50 grand or 100 grand on building an app, do the work first, to like the user cases and things like that to go, what would it need to do and how does that fit with the client? Is that kind of a good use of that of that pre-seed sort of funding? Exactly. And if you talk to the client, they may have different ideas. They may say, well, we don't need an app that does that. We really need an app that looks like this or we really need a product that helps us in this way or You know, like in Uber's case, they had taxis, they had it out there, but they were like, how can we make this a little bit better? How can we make sure that we're getting people from point A to point B in the most safe possible? So they went out to their customers, they talked to people, they were able to engage what they needed, which is why they also became so successful. They didn't say, okay, people need to change from doing taxis to doing it through this. Their customers wanted what they have because they were a part of creating it. I love that. It's a little bit like um, a Steve Jobs, isn't it? He, he went and created the thing that we wanted that we didn't know we wanted until <laughs> we'd got it. But because he'd gone and spoken to lots of people and, and kind of understood what challenge it was that we that we were trying that you know we were trying to achieve, and and I think it's um you know, one of the things that uh, I used to talk to people about when when we think about sales and what have you is understanding first if you're a needs or wants based product. So. If I'm, you know, if I need a pen, um, then any pen will do because I need it. <laughs> if I want a Mont Blanc, it's because I want the experience. So trying to sell me the 
benefits of it, the fact that it's got ink in it is probably not going to really get that across the line. So I think it, it's also useful, isn't it, to, to understand whether or not you are solving a problem or meeting a desire and, and then appealing to that. Would, would that be fair? Yeah, absolutely. I think especially when it's an idea in your head, getting it out there, laying it out, making sure that you know if it's a need or a want, and then figuring out how to deploy it, figuring out what kind of customer you're going to have, who they are, what they look like, what they do on a daily basis, building that out, making sure that it's tangible to someone who hasn't seen it. I'm always you know, advocating going out there and telling people what they do, what you do, what you want to do with this and seeing if it makes sense to them because it's your baby you've been in like control of it since day one and if they're like i have no idea what you're talking about there's no way you're going to raise money there's no way you're going to make that product successful without going out there seeing if it's a need or one seeing if people need it want it what they're going to do with it what would make them better the ui the ux situation for an app the specifics is needing to be panned out before you can even go out there and say, I have an idea, let's raise money. So, and is it is it important when you're going through that stage to also look to prove yourself wrong as much as prove yourself right? So, you know, as part of that um, research piece, rather than just looking for everything that says, yep, you're right, you're on the happy path, looking for all those things that go, mm, you might need to tweak that, you might need to tailor it, or, or actually that doesn't make sense uh, to to the audience that you thought it did. So either you need to articulate it in a different way or you need to amend what it was you were looking to do. Yeah. Feed, positive or negative feedback is still feedback. And don't just go out there that the people that are going to, you know, toot your horn. Go out there that the people are going to be skeptical, the people that are out, out there and challenge you because they're going to the ones that are going to make you successful. And if you just go out there and looking for, you know, a gold sticker, then you're always going to get it, but you're never going to get something more out of it. So I think, you know, critiquing is the best way to do that and finding the people that maybe, you know, your grandma may not understand the idea of an app so well. So go talk to her, explain it to her. So then you can be able to explain it to anybody. I love that. It reminds me of the Einstein piece, isn't it? It's like, you can't explain it to me like I'm six. You don't know it well enough. Um, and it is, it's, it's that kind of whole simplifying. And I think this was one of the things that came to life so much for me last week when I was going through the, um, the pitch deck is how much stuff is in your head, not on the paper. <laughs> so, so you get blinded to it because you've lived with this. It's your baby. You understand it, you know, it inside out. But I guess it's that, you know, almost beware rabbits out of hats, isn't it? Because you've made the leaps because it's in your head, but you've there's a some assumed knowledge to your audience um, that you've got to be able to pull back from, haven't you? And say, don't assume they've got the knowledge. You've got to give them the knowledge. Exactly. And I think that that triggered um, uh, someone, I presented something to someone and he said, okay, is this your first idea? Is this your first take on it? And I said, yeah, and I think it's going to be really successful. He said, stop, just shelve it. Put it on a shelf. You did it. You put it out there. Now put it on a shelf and then come back to it. Because if you're not able to, you know, let it age, let it sit, let it grow, let it manifest, and it's not like gnawing at you every day, then it's not worth it. Try something else. So if this, you know, business is something that gnaws at you every day, then put the time in, go talk to customers, go talk, do introductions, do warm introductions. I'm always 
warm introductions are better than, you know, cold LinkedIn messages. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. But warm introductions, make sure that people understand that are close to you, your friends and family, before you go out there to go asking for, you know, millions of dollars. And I think that was very hard advice to hear at first was, you know, to take what I had, to take what I put blood, sweat, and tears into, and then just to shelve it. But it did come back because, you know, it's like, no, this needs to be put down. I need to work on this. I need to do this. This is going to happen. So, you know, going out there, hearing that critique, hearing that advice is something that's going to help you build a stronger, better product. I love that. Such great advice, isn't it? And, and sometimes you know, nobody likes to, none of us really like to hear um, negative, negative advice. So even if we need it to be able to grow, as human nature, our first instinct is to defend because we didn't mean to get it wrong or to do something that somebody didn't love. But when you can just like take it on board and think about it and go, you're right, I love that whole analogy around if it's gnawing at you, if that you know, if it's the thing you, I don't know why it's brought me back to sister act now. <laughs> when she says in that part, you know, if you wake up in the morning and uh, the first thing you think about is singing, then you're a singer. Um, and it's that part, isn't it? If the first thing you wake up in the morning and think about is your business idea, then actually you should pursue it. You should go, you should go and uh, knock on all the doors, get all the critique, learn from it, develop it, but keep moving forward because that's going to be how you make the breakthrough, isn't it? Exactly. And keep moving forward. It's going to be hard. It's going to be sticky. There's going to be advice out there that's not going to be helpful. There's going to be people that want to take your money rather than actually help you. So, I mean, finding a community, we've talked about it, finding the people that you can trust, finding the people that are going to give you the feedback is really important, especially early on in your pre-seed to now we're moving on to seed is where you build that momentum, you build that product, you show them what you can do, you take your family's hard-earned money. It's hard to take money from family, from friends. It's really hard. And it's even harder to say I wasn't successful. So being able to make that momentum, to make that like minimal viable product, to show them, and then to be able to show angel investors and other people and say, hey, I've done the work. These customers need X, Y, and Z done, and I've done it, and here, here it is. Now we need to take it to the next stage. So remember, every round that you do needs to bring you to the next stage. It's not so you can build this. It's so you can build this and follow through to the next fundraising to ultimately be successful in whatever exit, whatever IPO, whatever you want to hold it, whatever your exit will be. So your seed is really growing the product and growing that momentum. I love that. And and. Great advice as well in thinking of that, you know, it's each stage is about how you get to the next stage and how you demonstrate that growth. Because I'm guessing that that's something also investors will look for. So if you come along and you go, all I need is like half a million and they go, well, that's going to burn in about three, like two, three, um, six months. And then what? You're going to be back. But it possibly demonstrates a lack of um, awareness that would make them nervous about loaning you their money because that's the other thing they're looking for as well isn't it is how one do i do i believe in your hypothesis and do i think it's got enough legs but two do i trust that you will be responsible with my money um and understand that you know that the day-to-day challenges of managing that and running a business yeah people hold 
close to their money. They don't want, especially now with everything going on, they don't want to give it up to just anybody. So being able to make sure that your proof of concept is there, making sure that you talk to people. Because if you're, you know, in your garage and you're like, people need this and they don't really need it, then you just wasted everyone's time and money. So making sure that it's viable, it's able to be successful, it's able to live out there. That's what minimal viable product. It's not minimal sustainable product. It's viable. It's thriving. It's living. It's being able to grow. So I think building the momentum in your in your seed, building the connections. While you're doing this, you're not just you know going out and asking people for money. You're networking. You're building relationships. You're building connect where you know maybe they can't give you a check. Maybe they could be an advisor. Maybe they can work with you in another way. It's really important to not just fundraise but to build a connection to build a network to build relationships around your company where if you post on linkedin and you're like oh we went to this conference people are like oh how was it how would you do what would you talk about like who'd you meet and they want to be a part of it so building that everyone wants to have what you have mentality is very instrumental in the very early rounds i love that because they you know, one of the most important things in, in the in the world is our connections, as long as we are properly connecting. So they're not they're not a resource, they're people. And if we can get to know what's important to them and see how we add value, by default they want to get to know us and find out what's important to us and, and add value. And then we can all help each other be be stronger. Um, but it is that whole part around thinking about these as being uh, relationships that we want to nurture, you know, in the same way. I, you know, I'd like to hope <laughs> if you just wanders into a bar and says, hey, I've never met you before. Do you want to get married? You kind of think, you know, why Why do we see people doing things like that when, when they're doing the connecting? It's like, hi, I am and I want from you. And you think, no, 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 like get to get to know them, get to understand what's important to them and that, what they're looking for and how what you're doing is a match for what they're doing. So how it builds on you. You, you mentioned it earlier in, in today's um, episode. And, you know, being able to find specific investors that are interested in the arena within which you are um, operating, if you can get really niche on your clients, so they go, oh yeah, I get that. Right, that's it. That's totally in my wheelhouse. Um, I understand it. It's something that is interesting to me, and and that deepens that connection, doesn't it? Yeah, and also allows for other connections because if you do get specific early on then those people will know people or they'll be connected to other people that are in your area. Or if they don't, they'll find someone because they want to be a part of what you're doing. But if you're just out there looking for a transaction, then that's all you're going to get. You're not going to get a transformational relationship, which is what River really is about. It's about transforming, making sure that our connections, our network is not just one way. I I am a giver at heart. That is why I created a VC was to help people who have that idea, who have that, that just need a little bit of extra financial or a little bit of extra connection. So I think if you have that mentality of giving rather than receiving, you'll receive more doing that. I love that. It's, and it's so true, isn't it? You know, it's like what we put out into the world is what we get back. So if we look at everything from a from a position of how do I best serve? How do I leave you better than I found you or leave this situation better than I found you rather than what can you give me? And how are you going to make my situation better? Then actually it all runs, 
you know so so much smoother doesn't it? it because you're because we're all therefore looking out for each other and I think it's you so you so right the power of those connections and those relationships and I know that's what River's all about is creating that community of people where they can have that support infrastructure, they can meet the people that they need to meet, but also they can learn from each other and grow together so that collectively we're stronger because, you know, you, you can have that safe space where you go, this might be a really dim question, <laughs> but can I ask it? Because I'd rather ask it of you because like, you know, this is a nice community than, than I would be faced with it at the most embarrassing moment when I'm out there actually saying I, you know, I now need um, support, I need funding for this. Exactly. And that's why I created, you know, Navigating the Waters was I could have just kept my head down, did what I did, made the deals, kept the relationships going, but I really wanted to cast a wider net. I wanted to help people, even if it's like two people, I wanted to make sure that those two people had the tools, asked the questions, were in a community that was inclusive and you know, vulnerable where you can ask those questions and not feel like you are being shunned. Um, but I, I created that navigating the waters community with that intent was to help other people. So I, I hope this has helped other people. Um, I know the structure of fundraising rounds is hard. That's um, different for everybody, but it usually goes pre-seed, which is what we talked about, you know, building that idea that product talking to your potential customers and then you have your seed where you're really trying to make sure that you have momentum you're growing the product and then sometimes there's a limbo a limbo of okay we had enough money and now we're kind of just stagnant and we don't know where to go from here and a lot of companies get in that limbo and the only way to get out is to ask for help is to reach out is to maybe do some crowdfunding to be able to bridge you to the next round. Um, but the next round in a traditional sense would be a series A. And that is when you're getting your traction, your growth, your team. That's when you're having more of the, we had the product, this is what we did, and here are the statistics behind it. Here's why it's going to be instrumental in the medical field, for example. So the series A is more of your VCs, more of your bigger money, more of the people that a, a leading partner would take on the due diligence process, making sure that everyone else is good, you're good, your team's good. So the Series A is when you you have the team, you have the product, now you're showing them your traction, you're showing them your product market fit. I love that. So it really is um, kind of that that next part isn't it that that proving point that says we've we've got you know we've done these bits we've done those stages we're now building on it and we're demonstrating growth not just in the product and the business but in ourselves and in our leadership and in our thinking process because I'm assuming as we continue to move through these it, there's also the evolution of what you're doing and the potential for the what next you know we, we know we've all probably been through it in the last three years that need to always be future thinking in case you have to pivot in a way that you've not expected before is that something that investors are looking for yeah they're looking for being able to prove your concept to make sure that what you've done is tangible you've talked to the people you put it out there in their hands and it's coming back with successful results or positive feedback negative i don't think there's anything called negative feedback it's just how you take it 
but um, receiving that feedback and making sure that that product is able to be sustainable, able to be viable. I love that. And it's going back, isn't it? You know, I work for lots of big companies who, in my opinion, used to make a bit of a mistake where, you know, every year they would talk about how we're going to go and sell this product to the customers that had already got it. And you're like, not being funny, that's like saying I've got a really nice red jacket that I bought last year and you want me to buy the same one this year, but you've changed the buttons. I'm probably not going to buy it. Last year's works perfectly. What you probably need to do is go to, to all the people who didn't buy it and say, what do I need to do to make that jacket something that you want to buy? Because if not, if we can't sell to new customers, we've got shelf life, haven't we, on our on our growth and our, and our ultimate proposition. Exactly. I mean, being able to have that to go back to to make sure that they're correcting the product you're making sure that it's sustainable like you said if the red jacket is the same why would i buy it from you why would i buy it again but um that's the structure sometimes you can exit off of your series a sometimes you continue now down the alphabet it takes a little bit longer for you to get to where you need to go um, it also varies if you're in different startups so if you're like in a SaaS company there's different requirements to be in your series a you have to have so much arr annual revenue um <coughs> sorry my mind was just uh blanked it was arr is annual reoccurring revenue so that is how much you're making how much you're also taking in how much you're paying other people how much your product how much you're you know, paying for your Facebook ad, all that is combined in your ARR and can be broken down into monthly reoccurring revenue. But then you just go from your series A to series B, you could do some crowdfunding. You know, if you have a good VC that's willing to put in a couple hundred, a couple million, and you just need a little bit more, you can go into crowdfunding. There's WeFunder, there's Crunchbase, there's crowdfunding, there's different sites that you could go on to, to do that. Um, but it, I think about it like this. You ask your mom for a toy, right? You're a little kid. You ask your mom for a toy. She says, okay, here you go. You open the box. You get it. You open it. There's all these different, you know, sticks and, and screws and you have to do this and you're trying to build it. And then you finally build it. And you're like, yes, I built this chair. This is what I wanted. This is a toy that I wanted. And then you show other people. You're like, hey, this chair works. Come sit on it. Come try it. That is how I kind of picture funding rounds. Your pre-seed is where you ask your mom for the money to, you know, I'm out, I really want this Barbie chair. Can I please get it? And then she gives it to you. And then your seed is where you're building it. You're assembling it. You're getting, you know, your friend may help you. And then your seed is when you go out there and you say, hey, come sit in this chair. This chair works. I've tried it with all my other friends. They're good. What do you think? Do you want to go get another chair? So I, I think of it like that, just like a smaller, short snip that goes through my head when I think about funding. I love that. That has so got me thinking about playing Barbies with my little girl, which is a pretty regular occurrence. Yes. Yeah, it is. Um, it is sometimes easier when you're faced with these giant concepts to be able to just sit back and think of it in simplistic terms. And I think every founder needs to have that childhood mentality of, I mean, they're so resilient. They're so, they fall, they get back up. They, they don't do it correctly. They try it again. That's what a founder needs to have that, that 10 year old mentality. Because if you 
are one way and you're stuck on this way and it has to go through this way or it has to go through these certain hump like jumps and hoops then you're not going to be able to do that i think every founder needs to have that 10 year old mentality i love that it's so true isn't it that tenacity and that piece that's going actually they don't dwell on how it went wrong before um they just try again they just get up and into something else you know they couldn't see a chair and it could be you know a throne it could be a barbie princess it could be a fort it could be something cool like they're they're able to pivot and and come up with new ideas and i think that mentality is lost on a lot of adults that 10 year old mentality is lost it's like no it has to go this way we have to do our pre-seed we have to do our seed we have to do series a b like no it's it's structured different every company is different every chair is different for people i love that really is about believing in the art of the possible isn't it and and instead of going somebody's told me that this is a chair going well i wonder what i think i could make it to be instead and that almost that changing that label that we've got in our head to enable us to open our minds isn't it to the to the art of the possible and what next and how could we make this different i love it it has been insightful as always. Um, and I know we've only scratched the surface really, haven't we, on um, the different rounds and how we how we get um, ready for them. But I think it's been invaluable just to understand some of, the, some of that journey, but also the great advice around staying open-minded, being creative, staying present in the what it is you're trying to solve rather than being too structured in that I have to do it this way because the, you know, the document says I do. Yeah, I think that is lost on a lot. And the people that are able to see that, to pivot, to to ask questions, to come on to, you know, things like this and ask questions and get advice and get feedback. I think that is going to make you successful as an entrepreneur. I love it. I completely agree. Stephanie, it's been an absolute delight as always. And you are so gracious with sharing your knowledge, your experience, your thoughts to help people like me and others out there to really understand kind of how to take away some of the fear of the unknown because I think that's part of the challenge isn't it is you hear these terms and you don't really know what they are and none of us want to be stupid or appear stupid so I think having something like this having having this space um, allows you to get that knowledge in it in a safe and comfortable environment but I know also we're very keen aren't we to hear from other founders other investors other entrepreneurs who are willing to come and share with us their journey their thoughts their advice so that as a community we can all grow exactly and if anyone's out there that's listening that has advice that wants to contact us to be on the show or ask a question please do so I'm always open like at my my email is always open. Please feel free to, to contact us. Um, but I want to make sure that we got the structure of the funding rounds, you know, really secure before we went on to more details of price rounds. Uh, we went over convertible instruments. So I want to make sure we have more of the, the bones so we can build on the meat later on. I love it. Re- really helpful because then it helps us really understand that wider picture, doesn't it? Thank you again so much. It's been a joy. Yes, thank you for coming. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and I'll tune in next time.